Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbet and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. Good morning. It is 7.16, 16 minutes after the hour, Friday morning. Michael Paul and Gene Valentino in the house. Hey, good morning. Gene, how are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How is everybody? It's all good. It's all good. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You had a busy week this week. Uh, you, had a, uh, you had a great interview, which you sent to Ted and I. And unfortunately, when I went back to that video yesterday to take a look at it, it said this video is private and wouldn't let me open it <laughs> to skim some of the uh, some of the things that you had to say with. Uh, well, actually, some of the quotes that he gave us were pretty interesting. Uh, and, and I wanted you to just give us sort of an overview of what that interview was. You do your podcast. And of course, people, you uh, folks, you can go to GeneValentino.com and you can see these uh, these interviews that he does. and You can listen to his podcast. Really good stuff. And so I loved it. Ted, you liked it. I know you and I talked about it. It was a, I mean, you're, you're a real pro here. I mean, you did a great job talking to this guy who is a United States Senator, uh, Rick Scott, not to be confused with Tim Scott, who is from South Carolina. But in any case, yeah. I, could you give us an overview of, of how that interview went and some of the interesting things that he had to say? Well, I'm sorry you didn't get it uh, yet last night. I had a final uh, package we put together for all national media, Fox News, uh, all of the major outlets uh, uh, nationwide. And uh, today, uh, a second version of that goes out to the subscribers who have subscribed to www.genevalentino.com. And it's under the Grassroots Truth Cats, which sits right next to all of the great WMXI uh, uh, episodes we do like this every Friday morning at 7.15 a.m. So please subscribe. That's a plug for both WMXI and uh, our website. But to answer your question, Michael, this was a very revealing interview indeed. It was last week when we were talking, we were listening to uh, Soros-funded, demonic Alvin Bragg, district attorney from um, the less populated state of New York, <laughs> who turned around and had an agenda, which he admitted publicly, to taking Donald Trump out. Now, I don't know where our American justice system is going, but Donald Trump or Joe Biden and everyone in between gets due process under the law, no matter what our personal sentiment is. Let's start right there. So I'm gearing up for an interview, which was scheduled for a few days ago, this uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the 23rd. And, uh, and, and, and what happened was we were in the process. My lead story with him was going to be, okay, Senator, it appears Alvin Bragg is about to arrest you, uh, has just arrested Donald Trump or indicted him, I should say, uh, for, uh, whatever the charges were. And, uh, what's your opinion? It would have been the, the, the headline, uh, portion of the interview because it was immediate and, uh, uh and timely right after, uh, the indictment of Trump, alleged indictment of Trump. 
and it never happened. It never happened because public sentiment stepped up and um, uh, even within the ranks of the district attorney's office in New York, Mr. Bragg is having his hands are pretty uh, full right now trying to figure out how to bail out of this debacle he put himself into. Do you do you think uh, he do you think he's looking for a way, a runway, a ramp, uh, something to get off of this runway? Yes, I do. And it's um, uh, without taking down the whole George Soros house of cards. Uh, there's no question to me, Soros and all these district attorneys nationwide uh, will feel the door swing back and hit them in the butt in the next 12 months, coming right up to the 2024 election. There is an American sentiment. There's a power in the spirit of the people in this nation that is now revealing itself. We've been hurt. We've been demoralized. We're watching the morning news about our children being uh, psychologically um, indoctrinated to concepts that at their youth, uh, first, second, and third grade are t- so totally foreign to anything you and I were experienced, uh, experienced when we were kids. So it allowed me to go forward with uh, Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott from Florida, and ask him some other questions. Unbeknownst to anybody, he had just posted, while the news was focusing on Alvin Bragg's pending indictment against Trump, uh, Senator Rick Scott had posted on social media his take on uh, uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen, um, um, uh, the the head of the Federal Reserve, uh, and Biden himself for the fiscal mismanagement and a debacle he's they've put the Federal Reserve into and the whole concept of how we manage money. And so he came out and uh, uh, admonished them on uh, in his broadcast and specifically referred to so many things, uh, including the bailout of the SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank in California, and the consequences of bailing of this continuous bailout of banks. Um, uh, he proposed something very unique, which ties into our uh, special magistrate idea we talked about on the um, uh, um, uh, on my second Bill of Rights, the 11 additional amendments I proposed to the United States Constitution. I refer to it as the special magistrate. He refers to it as an inspector general. Well, I don't care what you call it. As long as we get going and create an authority independent from everything else that can unilaterally fix Congress's mistakes, and he wants to start with the management uh, and oversight of the Federal Reserve System and the um, and the budget process. I couldn't think of a better place to start. Yeah, he had uh, he had a lot of other things to say too. You know, uh, I, I mean, the the interview lasted probably what about twenty minutes or so. Yeah, we went almost thirty minutes, about twenty seven minutes, and um, uh, he touched on uh, uh, some things that were very uh, disturbing to him. Um, he, he says, look, when, here's the thing in Florida. When I was governor, he said, you know, we cut $10 billion in taxes. We grew the workforce by 1.7 million jobs. We created incentives for businesses to not only 
open and survive, but to succeed and grow. Uh, Michael, I was right in the middle of that. I, in full disclosure, I was a county commissioner when Governor Rick Scott was serving as our 45th governor of the state of Florida. And I will tell you, he generated incentives for business to succeed. And, and by the way, we still don't have a state income tax and our ba- budget is balanced. Yeah. And he proposed, he realizes we need a balanced budget and proposes that the citizens of the United States copy and paste what we did in Florida and create a constitutional amendment, but it's up to the citizens to step up and step forward to balance the budget of this nation. The consequences would would show themselves in one small way in the government not paying off or or, or taking care of your cronies who own this SVB bank. You're on your own, boys. You live and die by the sword. If you're going to recklessly lend money out in your bank and do an injustice to your investor shareholders, don't expect Uncle Sam to step up anymore to come in to bail you out. And that's the tenor. That's the tone of his interview with me. That's the tenor and tone of where this nation needs to go. One of the things that was interesting to me is when I listened to him talk, uh, Rick Scott, a pretty bright guy, and, of course, governor, and you know him fairly well. You guys worked together when you were a county commissioner. I mean, Escambia County is one of the bigger counties in the uh, state of Florida. So what I thought is that this guy really, and I wasn't paying much attention back then, to be honest with you, but he really sort of laid the groundwork for a Ron DeSantis to come along and really finish the the, the game. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't connect the dots on that, but you're right, Michael. He, um, from my point of view, and we've discussed this on past shows, if if you want, if if you said to me, Gene, if you could have it perfectly your way, what would you like? I would like Trump and DeSantis to mend the fence the way Trump and uh, Ted Cruz and others did in the past. This political games of bad-mouthing each other has got to stop. But if DeSantis and Trump came together as a team and combined their forces, Trump re- running for re-election as president, DeSantis on board for four years as vice president learning the ropes, I'd feel much better. In a sense, I'd feel bad because we'd be losing a great governor in Florida. But if they can figure, for the greater good of the nation, the more important greater good of the nation, if the two of them could align their energies and go forward, they'd steamroll it big time in the next four years. And think about the real benefit. DeSantis gets four years of boot camp in the swamp that I think he's not totally ready for yet. But you know, that four years of boot camp would give him the option and be posi- perfectly positioned you hear to that. step up and nail it. Yeah, you hear that, though. You hear that from a lot of, uh, which, you know, look, everybody can say what they want to. I think uh, I think Ron DeSantis would make a jam-up president. He may have a, a few, uh, it, may, it may take him a year or so to really grasp what's going on there. Because just like, I know, I know t- t- so I think about, when I first got elected as a member of the Board of Supervisors, 
I was totally lost for at least the first two months. And then I started to get my arms around how the organization of government works at that level. And then it took me another six months to sort of know who to talk to, who to. So, you know, what I'm what I'm saying is, is I like your idea because Donald Trump has already been there. He knows what he's got to do when he goes back. He knows that he's got to whack a bunch of folks at a lot of levels in government and get them the hell out of there so that he can get people in there that will actually put the ship on the right track. I mean, he knows that. And so you could have a DeSantis sitting there watching that going, yep, we're going to get this going. And then, boom, you know, after that term, he run, he's running for president the whole time, really. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's now ready for the swamp. You want to you want all I know is one thing putting all the personality issues aside that some people put way too much uh, emphasis on. Forget about, forget about Donald Trump's personality for a second, please. Simply close your eyes and ask yourself one question. Did you like your lifestyle under Donald Trump more or less than you do right now under Joe Biden? Simple question. Yeah, and I, I don't put care up- what, what his personality is. Re-elect the guy and let him fix this mess, and uh, especially the foreign uh, the foreign adversaries, including this TikTok um, uh, Chew uh, CEO Chews before the Congress right now. Uh, even Rick Scott's interview addressed that. No way should we be allowing. We've been we've we've grown soft. Our adversaries see it. Yeah, we need a Trump to kick some butt and put them back on their heels. Like they were, and but this know, Chew with TikTok thinks he's can run roughshod over, and and he wouldn't deny the fact that the data collected through the TikTok uh, uh, applications is accessible from the CC, to the CCP, and is eventually uh, setting the stage for a takeover of the United States. This is what has to be nailed in the butt right now. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that's, a, that's a perfect quote to end the show for our segment on Friday. Thank you so much for joining us, Gene Valentino. Always good to see you guys. See you next week. What about the music, Michael, leading out of here with Gene Valentino? He, you sexy thing. That's perfect for Gene. <laughs>